0: Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom.
1: Welcome, ladies, gentlemen and bloodlusting chapter masters to that 6++ Plus Show. I am your host Tom and I am layered up because it is freezing again in the UK. We are back to being really cold. Um and I am joined tonight by our dear leader Chris. How are you doing, Chris?
0: I am very well, thank you.
1: And I'm actually quite toasty. What? I got heating so on. Right. Oh, yeah. Mr. Money over there. I think oh, the heat yeah. might be kicking in now, but we are having to be very sparing with the heating. Um oof. what's new with you, Chris, and he exciting? um i painted the wood on a
0: tree today and that was the first piece of painting i've done in two weeks that's
1: nice Um,
0: yeah i've just not had any time since going back to work it's not any time to hobby so i've been video editing and that's it so Mm. We just put out the Death Watch episode and do that yeah. thing where we plug our own content. On oh, yeah. Self-promotion. Self-promotion. Yeah. We're, a bit,
1: we're, we're really good at self-promoting we're now. We're really good at that. We're and one bit of evidence of that is that, yes, Chris has been hard at work editing a State of Play, yeah. which we recorded this week with the wonderful Mike Costello from Vanguard Tactics. And we talked about Death Watch and Mike is as good a Death Watch player as there has ever walked on this earth. Um, and he gave me all sorts of useful tips about where he thinks they fall in Arcs of Omen. Um, it's quite a fun conversation. We had a good time, and I hope you guys enjoy it. And um, we've got a few more state plays lined up over the next few weeks with some very, very good players talking mm-hmm. specifically about Arcs of Omen and what that means for their beloved factions. Um, but I'm also joined tonight by Davey. How are you doing, Davy? Oh, hello. <laughs> love your catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> it is actually there. I'll take <laughs> it. Oh, hello! Fancy seeing you here. Oh, here I am. <laughs> How did I get here? Yeah. Uh, what What have you been up to, Davey? Well, I've literally,
2: as of about fifteen minutes ago, uh, finished my first game of Arches of Ormond with mm-hmm. new Tyranids. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I could I could kick it down the down the down the, down the line, try something else, but um, I've decided just to give it a whirl. Um, I'm on stream this Thursday. So, I'm mm-hmm. having a few practice games uh, playing. If you want to see me on stream, if you want to see this uh, big, tall, ginger northern lad uh, <laughs> get absolutely tanked by Iron Hands on Thursday. Oh, yeah. Um, or absolutely tank them. You never practice know. This game went pretty well. Um, yeah. uh, that's on the Twisted Dice channel on Thursday. Wonderful. Um, uh, but no, really looking forward to it. It's, it's a list, it's unlike anything I've ever had before. Uh, I found it on the. Uh, uh, online on the interwebs and uh made by a few different contributors and it's it's pretty good excellent um, very interesting so looking forward to playing it um uh, other than that um obviously went to nottingham mm-hmm. but i think we're going to get into that aren't we
1: yeah we'll, I think we'll briefly briefly review it. i think it's worth saying that it's cool to see someone doubling down on the faction uh, in the wake of changes and and nerfs and the like and saying oh. i'm going to i'm going to sort this out that's that's a lot of a lot of points a lot of respect for that
2: oh, don't hold your breath tom I've uh, I've just, I've just, I've just uh, uh, put a Dark Angel's Ravenwing Army on my watch list. On
1: oh, have you? Wow, wow. Well, we shall see. The world needs another Ravenwing Army. Let's get it in there. Let's see it. Let's have it. Um, Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about Arcs of Omen and sort of all our preliminary thoughts as we begin to navigate the new rule set and the new um, sort of detachments and and the changes for the game uh, but for first we're going to very briefly just recap um, Nottingham GT and we had a few sort of shout outs and things to say I think Chris had you had a couple of things you wanted to say so we'll start with you Chris Do you want to just briefly recap your Nottingham GT experience over the weekend? Yeah so uh, first of all um, it was really nice to have just a sort of few people come up and say hello and how
0: they're enjoying um, the content. What made me chuckle was um, not once but twice did someone go No offense, but the reason I love your content is because because you're just like normal, you're not (laughs) as good as (laughs) really good players. Um, (laughs) my favorite thing about you as well, Chrissy. Yeah, I I love having Chris around for that. You know, what I love about Chrissy is bang average, that's what I like about Chris. Yeah, so I just finished um, like this nail biting game, um, game two, and um, <laughs> this guy came over and was just like, oh, I re- you know, I really like your content, and yeah, but it was just the way he—I can't, I can't remember his name. He was a really nice guy. He wasn't having—he was taking crack and knitting. He wasn't having the best time. Mm. Um, he was like, oh, I don't know how to say this without offending you, but just, <laughs> you know, you like you're more relatable." yeah you're more relatable and i was like oh no good glad to call cool. um because i hope that's a done. that's a
2: that's a nice thing to
0: say yeah, yeah. i think i think um, absolutely absolutely so, uh hopefully he had a better next three games hmm. anyway the um so oh, so i finished my final game and jamie east has been playing he's saying oh i'm playing this guy who's like a big six plus plus fan and so it turns out this guy, and I think you knew it, already knew this, but this guy had been listening to our podcast on um, Friday mm-hmm. on the way to Warhammer World. Yeah. Um, then had got to Warhammer World and then been like, have I still got my headphones in? And, he <laughs> and I like, can just hear Tom across the <laughs> hall. Um, so, anyway, still yeah.
1: just nattering away. As yeah, always. yeah, always talking.
0: <laughs> anyway, so I woke up and... Um, Jamie's just finished his game, this guy called Rob. So, hi, Rob. Um, and Jamie goes, oh, well, this is, um, you like Six Plus Plus, this is the boss man himself. To which Rob goes, oh, you're Tom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, uh,
0: no, 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 I'm, I'm Chris. He was like, oh, okay, okay, oh, I really like Tom. Um, <laughs> Tom's really good at like interviewing and I'm just really like natural. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom's good. And then then Rob says, so are you ever on the podcast then? (laughs) (laughs) uh, Oh, Rob. Uh, Rob, Thank you, Rob. Thank you. That's, um, uh, that's fantastic. yeah, it did crack. Because then he then went, "Yeah, I really enjoy your podcast." It's just, and no offence, but and I was like, "Are you about to say that we're relatable because we're not as good as the top players?" He's like, "Yeah, that's exactly what I was
1: about." I'm here for it. I'm here yeah. for it. cheers, mate. Oh. Uh, no, I guess that on. that might maybe that's our tagline. Maybe that goes under the the show, relatable. right? Six plus plus relatable. <laughs> by virtue of being not as good Bang, <laughs> um,
0: but no his army looked amazing he had this mm. night army um, he'd like hand carved the bases um, oh wow to be like these Oof. like check patterns like the, uh, it was a night army it was beautiful but interestingly mm. um, Rob didn't realise we're actually a YouTube channel. He thought we were just a podcast. Uh,
1: interesting, okay. So, uh, yeah. if, if
0: you are listening to our podcast people right now, we are actually mainly a YouTube channel and we do videos and we do tactics videos. And maybe if Rob had watched any of our, <laughs> our tactics videos, <laughs> oh my God. he might have been oh able God.
1: to beat <laughs> James. <Mintz. laughs> <it. laughs> You're starting beef with Rob, Chris. Outrageous. Yeah, I'm, I'm just we've straight. only, just, we've only just met him, and you've added him. He's in with Ben Pierce in The Enemy. Yeah, so yeah. I've got a oh, God, list. A... I have a oh. list. What's going on?
0: But no, he was a lovely guy, and Jamie said he had a great game. So yeah, brilliant. no, we, the the, um, the
1: Warhammer World Experience was hilarious because yeah, we were literally just in the exhibition going round, and I was just chatting to Aaron, and then yeah, this lad just turns around and goes, "Oh, I've just been dri- I've just driven the whole way down here listening to you guys." Hmm. Um, it makes you feel
2: better, Chris. He also did say, and I and I, I kind of murmured, well, "I was on it too," and he went, "Oh yeah, I knew. <laughs> and you?" And I was like, oh, oh, dear.
1: yeah." you well, you yeah, both uh, just yeah. got to do more state of plays, guys. You've got to put so, the extra hours in, then then you'll yeah. you'll sink through. Yeah, I don't do much, so that's why. What... <laughs> all you so do first, is first, edit it what? and make it all possible. Yeah,
2: <laughs> something you feel better, Chris, is <laughs> that uh, I played someone uh, the last opponent of the day, and he was saying how he didn't want he, he he only watched the 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 primary, uh, playing the primary, uh, Ooh, yeah, played, yeah yeah yeah. So that's all he knew our channel of uh, of our channel so.
0: Um, yeah i know i came over He was the custodians guy right oh that's right yeah 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 he was a nice guy yeah cool it's good well that helps slightly but yeah um, <laughs> i'm joking rob we love you really and we look forward to seeing you again
1: of course you do absolutely um no but seriously it, it's great to it's great to bump into people at events who like what we do and have listened to what we do and that's mm. that, that is really fun obviously you know we're we're relatively new at this we've not been around forever and it's awesome when it you know, it turns out that people are listening and enjoying it, mm. um, and that it's. And as I say, we I think we can only really be us. So it's yeah. good that it's good that that works. Um, we're not going to be sort of suddenly transforming into art of war or anything like that um, anytime soon. But I don't necessarily think that's something we'd want no. them to be anyway on, uh, it on. means a lot to us that you yeah, guys like on, what we do absolutely come and tell us how relatable we are please do tell us how relatable we are you and, know, uh, you're relatable like David Brent was relatable <laughs> 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 and, uh, and speaking of bang average I'll go through
0: my game um, so first game up I, I took Harlequins from my last ever hurrah before I've been done. Twilight Harlequins with two ten-man blobs and six boats First game was against Chaos Demons with no Bellicor and no Flamers. I'd never played Demons before, um, but I felt reasonably confident going into the match. I made quite a big mistake turn three where I kind of forgot. To, I'd done this like, cool little trick where I tagged in some stolen objective and forgot to pull back my 10-man blob which meant that his six fiends were going to get to punch me first with a CP to re all hits and wounds against Yikes. me. And at that point, I started worrying. But then the power of the four pin one kicked in. And we were all fine. <laughs> And I won that ninety three sixty four. 64 Then I played into Sam, who was running Thousand Suns and Flamers, who firstly are obviously the hotness at the end of the film. And secondly, I knew having listened to 40k fireside that and um, they were really good into Harlequins. But the mission was um, data scry salvage, and I knew that I could do my best just to keep knocking him off objectives. Um, he did have two 10-man um, Terminator blobs, and I'm going to struggle to kill those a bit. It was a fascinating game. Um, I was in the lead for most of it, um, and then kind of I just ran out of steam just at the end. I made a couple of positional mistakes, um, and on my turn four, two troops had died getting out of a transport. So I had to roll for my rod and I passed yeah. it on a one, two, three, or four and I failed it. I rolled a five <laughs> and then on turn five, I got my final rod. Um, and anyway, he had bottom of turn, which is obviously quite a big deal. Mm. And we counted it up and it was 79, 79. Oh, well, um, a draw. So I'll blame, i blame the r and D. I'm sure there, there were a few things which I could have done differently, but yeah, uh, of course it's a really cool game. Um, then I played Death Watch um, in the final game. And actually at the Leicester, I played Death Watch in the final game of Saturday. Almost an identical list, an identical mission. I did exactly the same thing. And the score was pretty much exactly the same again as well. Um, I won that ninety-seven eighty-three. Felt like I had a good play on that mission. I read that game well. Um, and my reward after a delightful TGI Fridays was... Oh, Mark Cromwell-Holmes Necrons on title. Ah, nice. And uh, now, if those you remember, I played him on Data Sky Salvage. I keep playing them hold two, hold threes. Um, and he smashed me last time going first and just charging my whole army. So I deployed really defensively. And I got first turn. I just wasn't able to kill him quickly enough. and I just scored no primary. You know, he just spent his entire time on my objectives. So I think I scored 12 primary in that game, eight of which were three overrun of mm. being on his objective. I only held two objectives once in the whole game. So I lost that um, 92-64, I think. And then final game, nice, easy game against Alessandro, who <laughs> um, I like to notice his objective markers. And I was like, oh, they got the Italian national flag. Do you? He's like, yeah, play for the WTC team in Italy, and I've played for Turkey as well before. Actually, I'm the grand strategist for their team. And the p- the pairs process it uh, for thing for the last five years so how oh, good cool. So that'd be a nice nice easy game um, and it was a, it was actually a really interesting game because it was uh, secure missing artifacts which as we know is usually a 45 on primary mm. um, and I worked out before that game that if we just did our own thing because both of us have secondaries which generally means we don't need to interact with each other um, I worked out that I would win by one point mm-hmm. And then turn one, I failed my Twilight Pathways to move my boats again, mm-hmm. um, which meant that I would lose by three now because i dropped three points. Then the next turn, I failed a six-inch charge rolling, which would have got me into his deployment zone to drop me another three points on deadly performance. So I kind of just had to go for it a bit. Um, and yeah, I ended up losing by nine. And if I had made up... Th- those points across those two turns for behind enemy lines and deadly performance it would have scored me i worked out nine so it would have been a draw so I was, in some ways it's quite cool that even before the game i'd worked out exactly yeah. what i had done and what the mass process was i was quite happy with that mm. doing it. and actually we spoke afterwards and now i had a game plan which would win me by what? win me the game by one he managed to steal a banner at the end, so it would have been a draw. Um, but actually, he was like, you should just put six boats in this corner, six boats in my deployment zone, six boats into the middle, and just gone. Well, you've got Melter, but you're only going to kill, like, two boats at a time, and that's how he should. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. but um, And that's what I'm going to have to start doing more, I think, now. But, um, yeah, so I did literally go bang average, two wins, two losses, and <laughs> one draw. Um but I did score, you know, the usual. I scored a massive amount of battles. Scored points.
1: a lot more points than me, I think.
0: Yeah. Yep. It's just the army, isn't it? Um, mm. But yeah, we're now into that stage now where I don't know whether I'm going to be able to stick with Twilight. Just going to have to have a think. We can talk about that a bit later. But probably going to go light, seven or eight boats. I got a game against Jamie Clifford. She's Soonish, ish so we'll see if I can how bad that 5-up in Van
1: is now. Oh goodness, yeah, intriguing and uh, Davey, how would you get on?
2: Yeah, so uh, Chris thinking he had a bang average performance, I said hold my beer um, <laughs> I had a, a pretty rough run of two Tau players, two Votan players and uh, at the end, in the, in the last game I got drawn against Grey Knights, now for those of you who listened to uh, the last podcast we did I took a really janky list. And one of the things it's really good at is into Psychic Army. So Eldari, uh, well, except Jukari, obviously, and Grey Knights, right? So I drew Grey Knights. I was like, oh my God, I reroll my denies against all of his, everything he does. I'm like, this is brilliant. He dropped. Uh, And then I got paired into Custodes, uh, who have uh, Empress Chosen uh, for feeling a pain against mortals. Um, So yeah, so that was, that was my weekend. But, I went 2-3, um, <clears throat> so a bit disappointed. The the jank wasn't as good as I thought it was. So when I designed it, I thought you could auto-fail a charge. I thought you could just decide to fail a charge. Mm. And then we looked at the rules, and that's not true. Um, <laughs> if you successfully make the charge, you have to go. Um, <laughs> and this came – so obviously, I, I was, I'd already submitted the list, right? So I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I'll just CP it if I double-six it, right, or something like that. So, there was one moment in my second game against Leagues of Votan where his berserkers were nine inches away from my neuro. <laughs> I thought, hey, how many times have I deep struck in and failed a nine? I passed it and I had no CP because I'd already re-rolled the charge to get in somewhere. And uh, my neurothrope went headlong. So, the neurothrope is just the big brain with tentacles, just yeah. through, went headlong into five berserks who then ate him. Um, <laughs> and, uh, to be honest, at that point, I'd already lost. So quickly, just to run through the games, I played against uh, a lovely guy from near where I live, or um, where I'm from rather, in, in Cumbria. And that was a really nice game against Tao. Uh, scored early to win by six points, nice. uh, 88. Uh, the next game, I got put into Leagues of Otan, Great guy from Holland, really cool geezer. Um, he allowed me to score one point of primary, which was really what nice. One nice guy. Yeah, one nice. nice guy, right? Yeah. Um, you know, he had the bikes. The bikes just came out, obsected everything, and then there was just yeah, yeah. he just killed my turvigan with all the termigans, turn one, and that was game oh, over wow. there. Um yeah. So that was my primary junk gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be honest, I think I'd rather have, I'd rather have scored zero primary. Yeah, than, at least no, I'd scored to pay rather than just one. Yeah, but uh, disgrace savage for a big one. Uh, then I went into tower again, a little bit more of an obscure list, but uh, again scored strong early, but then. Dropped it towards the end, and he he picked me on um, on secondaries. Uh, the next day, I went into leagues of OTAN again. Uh, a double um, double list. Uh, beat that. Uh, it was very close, though. Really lovely guy coming from London. Uh, really chill game. And then I came into uh, I, I came across Adam, who I was repaired into with the custards, and again really nice game. Lord, like dead friendly and. Um, and he pipped that by two points in the end. So yeah, it was like 93-91 or
0: something.
2: 93-91. Yeah, yeah, so I, except for that Votang game, uh, I scored over 75 every game, which, oh, you fun. know, if I score over 80 every game, I'm very happy. So there's a couple of games just under 80 that I could have done a little bit more on. But um, but yeah, overall, you know, it was, it was the last hurrah. I wanted to take nine zone through up and see what happened. Um, I did, and I got a 2-3. So how about that? <laughs>
1: Sounds like they were close, though. A bunch of close it, games.
2: It was. Four close games and one absolute savage beating.
1: Yeah, savage beating. You've got to have one at an event, right? Oh Yeah. You've got, yeah. To, have at least one.
2: Yeah. You've got to have someone just to slap you back into place.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. How about you, Tom? How did you get yeah, on? I had I had Dracari round one, who's a chap called Darren, who um, had quite an innovative Dracari list, um, which wasn't as scary as it perhaps could have been. So that was, that was a, a, a fun, but quite easy win to start off with then i had an absolutely brutal game against twilight harlequins um piloted by ryan williams who i should give a shout out to because he was a wonderful opponent and played extremely well he's warm um, right? yeah he's Warmasters, masters yeah so this was this was a later round game in round two already and ryan had a webway gate which on data sky salvage he just slapped down on the objectives i would normally go and scurry around and and use as my sort of sort of home base which for me was like oh well i just can't play there now that can't really happen (laughs) because if a if a twilight 10 man comes out of that and touches me that's it because it can chase after me eight inches that's what twilight does it's crazy where there's got a strat to chase after you eight inches and keep you just trapped in murder you and then that would be it'd have my home objective and everything else so i had to play the whole game down the south near ryan's sort of equivalent cluster mm. of objectives in the south right. Um, and luckily for me, Ryan didn't quite know what to do with GSC and was a bit tentative in his staging and sent a couple of boats at the start, which I just blew open and ate everyone inside and then ran underground and was like, send me some more. Let's keep going. Um, and then Ryan attacked me with ev- everything he had, um, which was a very close and scary game. And I only just about managed to grind it out because a couple of charges didn't go off for Ryan, which meant that his 10 men ten mans both got picked up by neophytes coming out of tunnels basically um but very good good close game which i just about managed to win then third game i got binned completely by sam smith's black legion he just utterly ruined me played the list beautifully terminator brick abaddon all that stuff but lots of really cheap uh trading stuff with venom crawlers and the curse cultists and Possessed and stuff on the flanks and he just was always get completely in control of that game I think with hindsight, what I should actually have done is just hide and tried to get as many points as I could before he demolished me. <laughs> um, and that's what I would do if I played you again, Sam, just hide in a corner and try and hold two objectives for five turns and see how that goes. Um, and then game four, I got paired into Dark Angels, um, which I was very worried about because I hate Dark Angels. Um, and it had lots of Deathwing Terminators, but it also had some Black Knights and some Attack Bikes. Um, luckily for me, on Tide of Conviction, my opponent, James, who was a very nice lad, um wasn't necessarily as aggressive or as sort of expansive as he could have been, didn't cover as much of the board and didn't lock down enough objectives. So I kept sort of just about managing to push Deathwing off of objectives, dunked all his Black Knights from reserves and then ended up just pulling off a wrap on some Deathwing terminators that were then ended up wrapped in neophytes so that he couldn't, he was murdering me to death with storm but then he couldn't do it anymore. Cause all the neophytes were just cuddling him in this massive oh, yeah. uh swarm. And he had chain fists, which aren't actually very good for getting through neophytes. <laughs> um, uh, so now I really managed to win that game. And then in my final game, I had Brant with Custos, Custos dreadnought list. Um, which is very good at killing elite stuff, but it just didn't have enough attacks for my mm-hmm. horde of Gribblies. And so Brant drowned, although he still scored amazingly well. Um, but I, I took that one ninety-seven eighty-six, So that was a, another another 4-1. Um, I think I had some good fortune in my matchups. I think the two hardest games were both on day one, actually, in the end, um, in Ryan and Sam. And then I actually had quite a nice day two. Um, which was good, as I was a bit mentally brittle going in, and luckily it was it was doable. So, yeah, it was very fun. And obviously, Nottingham GT was great, big event, really nice to see mm. everyone out there. The Zach events go from strength to strength. Um, yeah, and it, yeah, so good, right? Just really, really big as well. I, I yeah, four hundred people. Yeah, I think it was four hundred people, which is just amazing. So the whole UKTC circuit just continues to boom. We're having a lot of fun at it, and we'll, we'll obviously keep turning up to it. So, yeah, that was really, really good.
2: And uh, a public apology to Paul. I rolled my eyes when he booked us in the for TGI Fridays. TGI Fridays, guys, it's up to its game. Great. It was really it was good. Fun.
1: It was actually excellent. We had a very good meal there. It was very right. nice. They, to, as a nut allergy sufferer, they took very good care of me, like very good care of me, which was very nice. And I, it was appreciated. So thank you, TGI Fridays. Um, and obviously, we had two tables with very different... You know, <laughs> <laughs> very different cultures. That was the fascinating thing that, that the same team could have such different cultures on two different tables. I think was interesting because so you had, on the one hand, the, ta- the table that Davy was presiding over was everyone was very positive and happy and smiley and joking, and then me and Chris were sat on the table with Jamie East and Mark, where it was sort of torrent of abuse flew. <laughs> yeah. uh, awesome. you've got a big you, <laughs> fingers. you look pregnant this is their <laughs> sort, of, <laughs> sort of Saturday night ritual they just <laughs> sling abuse at each other and it's quite formulaic abuse you yeah, know exactly like, what they're yeah. going to say when they're going to yeah. say it <laughs> um, <and laughs> so that was a very good time um, really really good time and that was that was the end of, of Nephilim of course Nephilim oh. buggered off And now we're entering into a new era, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, which is Arcs of Omen. We've got the new rules, we've got the new detachments, we've got new secondaries, and it will be a very different meta for the next few months as we sort of rattle our way through to summertime. And today we're going to talk about list building, some of our initial thoughts on things to watch out for and things you should consider. We'll talk about some secondary changes that are worthy of note, talk about some specific meta tech you might want to have. Um... And related to that, thing, about the kinds of armies you're probably likely to see and the sorts of builds that are going to be out there. Um, and hopefully give you just a, a little bit of food for thought as you go about doing battle in Arcs of Omen. Um, I've got my first Arcs of Omen games on Saturday, but only in 1K format. So I'm not sure how much I'm going to learn from it. Um, but we'll talk about that at the end. So first off, list building have you guys got any pearls of wisdom for people looking to start building lists and designing armies to play arcs of omen
0: yeah i mean i think the with the way the new detachment works the fundamental thing you have to decide on first is what's your compulsory thing right so you know obviously we have this situation now where you have to choose a compulsory band of zero of like three of a certain type then you build on from the rest Mm -hmm. i think that's going to depend obviously army to army Um, But when you're list building, you kind of have to, I think, have that as a clear focus, kind of like, well, what am I planning on having a decent amount of and what is the strength of my list? So you look at Aldar, for example, um, and obviously they've got a lot of really good fast attack. I've been building, like, Yanari lists at the moment. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like that six, five, uh, those six fast attack slots are, like, prime mistake. But there's Mm going to be um, lots of other armies there where... um, it's going to be the elites, which are really a common thing. Or, yep. I mean, obviously, less and less armies are now the um, the troops, but Harlequins are one where the troops yes. are just, you're still just going to have your seven, eight, nine, And I think working out how valuable the troops and OBSEC are to your list is going to be a really important thing because, mm. you know, we don't have to take any troops anymore. You don't you have don't. to take any OBSEC anymore. No. So you know like how important is that you take something like grey knights like do you want your strikes you know um or how many do you want um I'm off the top of my head i can't think of any now but i'm sure there's armies out there which really don't want mm-hmm. um troops potentially especially if you can give out obsec in other ways um yeah. i mean necrons are gonna love it aren't they <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't don't have to take those rubbish warriors that they weren't taking, they or waters which they weren't taking anyway. So that's going to be um, something for them. So I think just as you go in, along with other things we'll talk about later, like, you know, the idea of playing for second or building for secondaries, you want to just be thinking, what actual structure do I want to be taking with this yeah. in terms of the detachment numbers? Yeah
1: completely right and i think as you say different armies have have lucked out in different slots eldar and fast attack as you say that's a big deal elites for your space marines of all stripes um fast attack i guess potentially for votan as well right with the bikes and the sagittars all those things if you're going triple bikes and sagittars you need more than three fast attack slots so i could see votan lists actually building into a a fast attack detachment as it were what do you think for tyranids davy what would tyranids be building into? um
2: yeah a tricky one um there's a few different ideas knocking about um some of them are, are, are actually you know can we do troops right because um while warriors are so much more expensive if you're going to go down the route of gone so you really need to have quite a few of them mm-hmm. otherwise it's kind of pointless mm-hmm. um of course Great in the new secondaries as well because you, um, once you get, you know, for example, uh, assassinate, if you kill a, um, a character with, you know, 15 hormigons, um, you will get a CP off the back of it. So, yeah. you, so you can spend that CP to then gain yeah. a back later. Do you know what I mean? Um, so things like that's quite nice. I think other ones that people might be interested in the heavy support, so can effects heavy lists, um, mm-hmm. the old uh, can't spam, giving them OBSEC and. Running mm-hmm. them around, um, we'll definitely see a bit of that.
1: Yeah, monster mesh. Um, makes sense.
2: Absolutely. So they're going to be the two real archetypes, um, and you can swap swap them around and stuff with different high fleets. But yeah, I think it's mostly going to be heavy support and your troops. Elites are so expensive now. Mm. Um, that's the
1: problem. Mm. Yeah, GSC are looking a bit like Harlequins, where it's like it's just having that many troop slots is amazing, actually, because you've got very good troops both cheap acolyte utility and neophytes just for all your damage means that you can actually go six seven eight troop units very happily in this um, which is which is a cool place to be in and obviously they will have obsec which is nice and that's i think probably the crucial thing it's also worth looking obviously you've got the option to plug in a different special character it's worth looking at what the sort of best best characters your army can take are and whether there's scope for doubling up right i think chaos lists with double demon prints feels quite good to me i think there's a, a lot of chaos legions that can get real use out of a demon prince and it frees you up with spare psychers for things like warp rituals. so i think csm lists definitely benefit from that ability to plug a second one thing uh, it's interesting sorry Tom, no no to you.
2: on your point there uh warp ritual uh, so psychic secondaries right are we um i know we're kind of moving into that a little bit now but the um obviously they got harder fives yep. to do but the in the new matter that's going to be there's going to be a lot of shooting right so war mm-hmm. patrol is actually getting a lot harder because mm. you have to put yourself out there in the middle to get shot while psychic interrogation you need line of sight so mm-hmm. you can't just do it at the back of your board you know bang 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 or at least i've got 12 or something like that at least mm-hmm. um so it is a tricky one, really tricky one with those secondary changes. Um, and it's something, obviously, you want to build your list around. Um, and psychic secondaries just aren't something you can necessarily build your list around anymore.
1: No, I think unless you're a resilience build where you are very confident you can be in the middle and survive, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think there's a very real case to be made that says a lot of gunline type builds and shooting armies are coming. And that might not necessarily be something you can do. Um. And so, yeah, that's. I think that's definitely a relevant consideration for some armies. It just right, rules it out, right? GSC, again, I've, I've been playing to Psychic Interrogation for the last few events. I don't really think that's a goer now um, for me because of GSC characters sticking a head out. <laughs> as, as actually happened to me, my, my Dark Angels opponent, my Mega stuck a head out to do a bit of smiting and whatnot, and then he just shot a face off with bolters because I, I, for, I forgot the lookout, so it doesn't work if you're the only one with your head stuck out. And so I was like, oh... Sad times. She's dead. She she dead.
2: (laughs) Really interesting to your point, right? So having those two demon princes, or in my case, two Mm -hmm. hive tyrants, that is giving up more points, obviously, on Assassinate, which, as we know, has its own, as I've just said, like it has its own incentive. If you can kill, you know, yeah, I get all these characters. This is great. But actually, if you kill them with troops, you're just handing your opponent not only three or maybe four points. You're also giving them a CP. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's, there's real pros and cons. Like, do you want to really give up
1: 15 or 16 on Assassinate? Mm. I want people to think I do.
2: Uh, well, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and only the CSM players actually do get it. And boy, do they get it. Every, <laughs> everyone else at the moment doesn't. But we'll see. Yeah. Maybe these maybe these gun lines will. Tom's, yeah. Tom's
2: armies, like the TV show Friends. It's, all, <laughs> it's six people in one building. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> i like that that's very good that's very very good I'm that exactly... with that. i just come up with that Yeah, that's, yeah. that's spot on <laughs> that is spot on that is exactly right um so yeah i mean let's we can segue unless there's any, anyone's got any other thoughts on the detachments i mean the key thing with this is, is just yeah the detachment just is just just lean in have a go leaning into output and damage and push and see what that gets you right i think that's obsec is only useful if you survive to have it, um, and it feels like Arks of Omen is pushing us in the direction of, let's see what turning up the offensive output to 11 looks like, mm. and I think I think lists are going to look like that, um, but as Chris alluded to, anything you can get mission play out of that is also an elite damaging unit is amazing, so things like Rights of War, amazing, things like Votan bikes that are obsec, amazing, I think we're going to see a lot of Votan bikes, Um and also offset removal as well to compensate um, for your lack of it if you do have it. It's going to depend army to army, but I think there's a lot to be done there. Um, in terms of the secondary changes, what do you think the key secondary changes for people building lists at the moment are? What are the things that people should be watching out for?
0: Behind enemy lines.
1: It is behind enemy lines. That is the yeah. correct answer.
0: <laughs> Literally behind enemy lines. I mean, three points for one unit, uh, four points in the CP.
1: I'm imagining the, the dude aliens guy, but like behind enemy lines yeah exactly sure. it's, it's just enemy lines. It's, everyone's gonna be saying, yeah, every army
0: with any sort of speed or any sort of plan where they want to be in their opponents half of the board yeah so especially obviously in combination with free strategic reserves um on certain missions that's going to be that's going to be really nice where you can just drop down um like just on into a corner and just grab um three or four points and a cp um mm-hmm. so yeah i I don't know which armies don't take it. I guess there are some knights. Um, But yeah, just, yeah, just, um, yeah, I think most people are going to be looking to take behind enemy lines now.
2: So, but but to that point, right? So, behind enemy lines is fantastic, right? Because you're going to get that CP if it's a troop. I love it, right? But, um, Imagine you're playing against an opponent who can absolutely look at your list and say, Right, I know exactly what this person's going to do because everyone's doing it. Being able yeah. to take grind, yeah. where you also get the CP of one of your troops kills that a unit
1: yeah. is
2: amazing because they're just going to drop a unit that you're, they're happy to lose. So you're already getting yeah. one point, one kill point. So in reality, you'll be able to. I think lists are going to be really interesting because if you can flex between either going <laughs> behind any lines or actually countering it. That's where the power's going to be.
1: Yes. Yeah, so grind in that sense gets reconfigured more as a sort of passive secondary, right? You're going to sit tight, hide, and kill their BEL units. Um, And that's definitely a valid strategy. Um, And that's that's something where, yeah, this is always the case, right? When you know there's particularly appealing secondaries, you can build game plans that involve taking advantage of your opponent's preference to do that right and to, and to play and to play that way and that's that's certainly a, a valid but approach
2: just one last thing on behind enemy lines uh mm. i'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna, this is my hot take this is i've watched manny's video this afternoon mm-hmm. um it's it, he had a really interesting take on it he said it's actually you think it would be more interactive because you're putting more units forward etc it's actually quite a passive secondary now because all you want to do is throw one unit forward yes. sacrifice it goodbye see you later that's dead now Um, Whereas in the past you were like, how do I get two units in there, and how do I get them to stay there? Yes. Um, Because if you put two units there now, like you want to get one more point.
1: Yeah, it's probably better to um, to use to use use another meme. It's just stranglehold with extra steps. Um, That's that's all it is. It's 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 stranglehold, but you have to yeah, it's stranglehold, but you have to be slightly further forward. And stranglehold, as we know, was primarily employed as a passive secondary. As a I booped that. But I'm actually keeping most of my resources intact. And I think this for some armies will be the same. Although I think obviously it's um, it's still just as good as it ever was for armies that want to overload and just wreck the opponent <laughs> deployment zone and just, just absolutely get stuck in. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the CP game with it is huge, right? It feels like there's a bunch of stuff you can be doing where you could just be really racking up CP, which in our current starved CP game is a big deal. Definitely uh... a big deal.
2: Am I right in saying it's only one per battle round you can still get?
1: Um, I think generated through those extra kind of means, yeah. yes. I yeah. think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. But hey, you take it, right? Still nice to have. Um, in terms of secondary changes, it, has anyone spotted anything amongst the actual faction secondaries that you think is going to change things up?
0: Yeah, so I, well, I can talk from the Harlequin point of view. Yeah, um, go for it. So um, obviously Harlequins uh, regularly take um, deadly performance and we fail. Um, we vale was um, is a Psychic Action. You pick a unit within 18, and then it goes off on a 3. Then you pick a different um, unit, goes off on a 4, etc., goes up. Um, it now starts on a 4, so that means your final one for 15 becomes a 8 you need to cast. Um, it's got the advantage that you, um, you, know, you can just pick on any one within 18, and you don't need Line of Sight. But actually, if you think about it, Needing to roll that eight now makes it, especially when you need a six, then a seven, then an eight for turns three, four, five, actually makes it quite reliable, and it probably means that Warp Ritual is actually a better choice now, especially because the elder armies have the ability to go out, cast the power, and then be Twilight Pathway or move backwards into safety, as you were saying, Dave. We weren't about resilience in the middle. See the resilience, or just don't be there when your opponents get through <laughs> that. Yeah. So I think for Harlequin players, they might actually start to think about um, what Ritual, just in terms of a yes. more consistent 12, especially if they're not relying on Twilight Pathways to keep firing bike units or troop units into the deployment yes. zone. Yeah, um, that's and very then, relevant. And, then yeah. term, and that kind of links to Deadly Performance because that's now changed. So Deadly Performance, to those who don't know, four things, do two of them, you get three points. Kill two units in shooting, kill two units in combat, which are the ones you know, which are less common than take an objective you didn't hold at the start, which is just playing 40k, mm-hmm. and um, have a unit in your opponent's deployment zone. So that obviously paired up nicely with behind enemy lines. But now it has to be a core unit. What that means is you can't just whack a 22-inch Starweaver <laughs> into no, you your can't. opponent's deployment zone and be like, yay, three points, woo! <laughs> I earned this time. with my sweat and blood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it. It's now, it has to be a troop unit or a bike unit. It also means when you blitz your solitaire or you fire your shitty little troop master. Oh, I forgot to say, <laughs> speaking of troop master, final thing of the tournament, okay? Yep. You, those of you who know on the show know my relationship with my troop master. Final game against sisters. I'm like, right, I need to kill these um, Zephyrim. There's two left after shooting. Troop master goes in. Seven attacks. Two still stand. Two were there. Two were still standing after the combat. I'm like, right, <laughs> Fine. I'll consolidate back into the boat for my CP. Next turn, there's just a Troop Master in that boat. They blow up the boat. You can guess what I roll when I <laughs> have to roll my emergency... Dis- oh, yeah, I rolled my one. The Troop Master's final action of Nottingham was to die. <laughs> fiery, fiery blaze on a one. Remarkable. Yeah, classic Troop Master. But yeah, it just means that those characters being fired into the zone aren't going to get you your deadly... So now you have to be thinking, right, am I just going to really lean into boats Um, and troops in boats have eight, nine so that I can keep staging and sending troops into the deployment zone? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to go more for the bikes because they're core? So, I mean, I was taking two bikes just to do it turn one. I am really tempted to take another set of two bikes so I can do it turn two. But um, obviously a lot of players just whack their boats forward and then they'll be able to keep sending stuff in anyway. And maybe that's better now that we're not worrying about ever, as you say, putting two units into a deployment zone, Mm -hmm. because you don't need to anymore.
1: Yeah, It's an interesting point, and I think that's definitely something for elf players in general to bear in mind with the psychic secondaries, as you say. If you have the option to fire and fade or move after casting, then psychic interrogation is still good. What Ritual, probably more reliable, but psychic interrogation is still good as well, um, in the right matchups, depending on what kind of army you're playing into. And armies with psychic secondaries, I think, are also in a nice spot. So there's the flexibility of choice. Um, Eldar have the same. Uh, Kravod have the same with their sort of objective scanning one as well. Uh, I think hopefully that's a good change, that it was not just going to be any old Psyker in any list. It's just instantly racking you 12, 15 in some games um, and maybe putting psychic secondaries back in the hands of the factions that are kind of supposed to be good at them. Mm-hmm. Um, In terms of other secondary changes, I think there's a few relevant things. A lot of Space Marine chapters lost a couple of their special ones. Um, So Blood Angels are down to just the one now. Uh, Dark Angels down to just the one. And so that's a real trimming back for Space Marines, but they've kind of coupled that by giving you much more generous Codex Warfare scoring, Mm. Um, removing caps. Oaths of Moment can get four in a turn. Um, And Shock Tactics, obviously, as we know, has already made a game-changing, game-winning four points um, a little while ago, and that's still the same. So Marine lists are probably being moved towards a more similar set of secondaries. Mm -hmm. Um, Diversity is going to be a little bit less and a couple of the armies that had really good secondary scoring games like Space Wolves and Blood Angels, I think are actually hurt slightly by this um, compared to others. And armies that benefit from the Devastated Doctrine are going to look better for Space Marine secondary scoring in some ways um, than anyone else.
2: I suppose it depends how they can move into the midboard right? Because yep. you know, if you're an iron hands player and you've got uh, you know, uh, the tanks, I can't remember what it's called now, the big tank with the, all the Gatling cannons um, um, and dreads and stuff like that, it's, it's can you get into the middle to do the the other secondaries that Spacemans have, or do you just really rely on Devastator Then yeah. put banners up on their corpses?
1: Is one of yeah. the two things, really. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think there is going to be a bit of that going around, um, where, again, bodying on the primary is going to be the the path to victory, and then the secondaries are kind of just a nice extra for some of those armies as well. Um, GSC scoring got even better for those who are interested. Ambush scores two for a kill, a crossfire kill now. Just kills that with a crossfire token on, two points. Delightful. Absolutely delightful. Can score five on a turn in it. It's um, yeah, it's very good, very very good. Don't think that needed to get any better than it already was, but it, it is better than it already was.
2: Turned ones just a still rubbish. So yeah, uh, you know uh, cranial fistling does become a, uh, cranial Feasting does become a little bit better. It got a weird little tweak, but what's what makes it better is going into marines because yeah, everyone so just, sergeant yeah. Um, as long as I don't shoot them to death. Uh, I can uh, <laughs> get some get some points off the back of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, Drakari ones all stayed exactly the same; didn't change that at all. Um, they slightly nerfed the Necron ones, but I think they're still really good. Um, from what I've seen, they look okay.
2: Really excited to see Drakari. I'm really excited to see that because it feels like they're going to be super, super deadly now.
1: It just just depends on whether they can actually do anything in that Marine matchup. That is supposed right. to be, that's supposed to be a matchup they like. It's supposed to be good for them. Um, but if there's if the Marines have just got too much stuff, the jacari pop out, do their thing, and then they'd still lose because there's not, there's not enough of them. But we'll see. Right. It's a good time for Dark Lances and Incubi and high AP stuff. Um, I'm definitely going to look forward to trying mine out. I've got Faustus. I'm going to take my jacari to the narrative event that John Scrivens runs in Nottingham. Um, so there will be some some Jakari out and about soon, and I'll let you know. Um, I think they they do benefit from the weakening of some of the other top armies, though. So hopefully they'll be hopefully they'll be around more.
2: I suppose that's our next two day event, right? Is Faustus?
1: It is, yeah. Yeah, very excited. It, Faustus, and then teams a couple of weeks after. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be really really fun. Um, and we can talk. Maybe we get John on to talk about fasters. Actually, That'd great shout. Great, that's shout. actually a very good shout. I'll I'll get him booked in because it would be nice to get his process. Talk about how the last one went and talk about how he's changed it. Um, it's I cannot recommend it enough as a as a local event in Nottingham. Um, if you are of a more narrative persuasion or you want to find out what the Tempest of War cards are like, that's the one. My um, first
2: ever Tempest of War games is going to be terrifying Yeah.
1: You're, well. Yeah. I'll be yeah. interested to see how you how you find it. I love them. I think they're good. Um but they people respond to it in different ways. <laughs> um, meta tech, boys, what do you think people need to be packing in their lists going forwards? What sorts of little bits of tech or gear would you be taking out there into the arcs of omen world? Uh
0: well, we spoke about this before. Um I think that drop pods are gonna be quite good. I reckon you're right. Person. Um rumour has it, um space marine players might be going down the route of trying to blow shit up turn one. And so anything in your list which can deny um, extra distance. So if you've got infiltrators screening out, if you've got things that mean you can't land within 12 inches, um, just to really keep pushing out everyone, I think that's going to be huge. You know, ADMEC have a techno-archaeologist that can do it. Obviously, Marines have their infiltrators. Um, Any sort of pre-game move type stuff that can help you just mean that your valuable stuff can't get angles on you know like we play on the UK TC boards and a few of those are thinking like death and zeal which is mission three um where you deploy in your corner the kind of the corner directly above you is wide open mm-hmm. and a drop pod would love to just land there and just <laughs> blow up everything you've hidden in your back because you can't hide from it unless you stick everything in your back out um mm-hmm. and just having an ability to screen that off so they can't just land in your in your backfield and just kill your juicy targets. Um, I think is going to be quite crucial if you want to be doing well.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I think being able to cut angles with forward deploy stuff or pregame move stuff is going to be really important if you have valuable targets. I think there's going to be a lot of drop pods out there coming in to try and punk them. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a bunch of armies out there also that shoot hard anyway, and being able to cut angles on them is also great.
2: I mean, AP is still really important, isn't it? I don't think that's yeah. changed. Uh, I suppose the amount of AP is is changing slightly. Like AP four, AP five was obviously either like, can you find it? Because I want it. But now you know, <laughs> AP three is 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 pretty strong still. Mm-hmm. Uh, even I mean, even mass AP one, AP two is is fantastic. So
1: um,
2: obviously, two and three damage is becoming um, even stronger. Uh, because you know, if you've got the mix up of those two profiles, strength, you know, damage two, AP three, or what have you, you know, you're starting to wipe out marine squads there, mm. um, and even you know, potentially threatening things like you know, Votan Berserks or what have you. Mm. Um, yeah, it's 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 super super interesting. It, it really depends on who becomes the biggest challenger to Marines. It does, uh, because then you need to build a list to counter the counter, which is interesting.
1: Yes, yeah, and it, I it, think, always with the metal like this. It, if Marines become like hyper dominant, it just distorts things so much that that's what you have to think about. But if they slot in alongside a bunch of other powerful stuff, which they might, then it becomes really spicy because you still you are still going to need your volume for other things like elves or bugs. Mm. You are still, gonna, but you are going to need to add in those proper marine killing guns, and you are going to want a bit of all of that. If vehicles do become very common, and obviously, we're seeing lots of lists with lots of vehicles in, we're also seeing lists with lots of terminators in. Then, very good damage three or very, very good anti tank, definitely valuable. So, it feels like with Armor of Contempt going, every damage profile is sort of validated, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> which is so. kind of spicy, right? Yeah, <laughs> so one thing that is interesting.
2: Yeah. Is, is stuff that ignores wound caps might not be as prevalent. You now that Abaddon's gone, because I feel like people were taking that for the Abaddon matchup primarily, oh, and then other things were a bonus.
1: So one thing I would say, having played Black Legion with Abaddon, that was good. I thought that was really good. I was very impressed with Black Legion. I, I still think there's a place for for Abaddon, but probably in Black Legion now.
2: Hmm. Um, I might let you know about that, Faustus.
1: Yeah, and as far as tech <laughs> goes as well, the other bit of tech. Oh yeah, give it a go, mate. The other bit of tech is just high-quality shooting units that are fragile are in a great spot because free strategic reserves means you do not need to worry about getting to use those things. They will get to shoot before they die. And if you have a couple of really cheap range trading pieces in there now, amidst a whole load of other stuff, I think it's very hard for the opponent to stop them getting into something that you want to get into as long as you've got decent range on those kinds of targets. Obviously, there's deep striking stuff, you know, Plasma and Scepter's come to mind, but, you know, having stuff like... You know, Fire Dragons in Strategic Reserve, or well, to be honest, any Aspect Warrior that you could name in Strategic Reserve with its output is amazing because it's fragile, but it will get to do what it does, uh, does best before it dies. And I think this is a style of play everybody's going to have to get used to, which is that we're all GSC now, if we want to be. <laughs> it's true. It's just straightforward. Like none of us, you know, we can all have you know, five, 600 points in reserves if we want. No one needs to be showing their whole hand up front. And so that obviously lends itself most obviously to very good range shooting. And the more points efficient or skewed into being just good at that it is, the more effective it is because you're saving points for elsewhere. Um, and then although there's some units like aggressors now are just like 90 points, just slam them in reserves and just have... Bolt guy, aggresses walking on the sides, that's terrifying. But um, the other thing is charge delivery tech, amazing. So chaplains, oh, God, yeah. anything, banners, chaplains, relics, whatever it is, if you've got a way to boost charges, then again, you can have combat in reserves that is with good delivery is a massive threat along the flanks to your opponent. So Empress Children, for example, are actually great because... They've got that auto six charge thing, so any emperor shooting in reserves can get you for where, wherever you are along the edge. Um, and you know, th- anything that buffs up your charges to make them more likely getting you into that sort of seven and below territory is super, super valuable. I think, uh, and that if you're going to do the melee reserves, that's what you need. I would say
2: it's funny you said about shooting actually, because one of it's this is how this is how Tyranid's game plan has changed, right? Because yeah. you're thinking about how I kill stuff coming out of reserves. I'm thinking. How do I have such a small footprint that people can't see me? Um, and obviously, very difficult to cut the angles and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, as uh, you know, Chris mentioned before, things like um, relics for uh, denial stuff like that. Yeah, is going to be is going to be big in terms of how do we stop people? Um, how do we stop things coming in and getting that free shot? You know, look, yeah. look. The other one I think is really strong, and I think it's. Not flying under the radar, and you'd pun in a minute, but I think he's actually got a bit of a buff in a sense of flyers. Okay. So stay with me here, right? If I take two Harpies in that list, because you either take Harpy or you take two, that's generally mm-hmm. what you do. You start on the board, um, unless you're playing someone with shooting. Most people are going to have really good shooting. So what I'm getting to do is put them in strategic reserve for free, bring them in turn two, get to shoot all the big shots they would have had at the targets that would shoot them. Mm-hmm. and say for example they've got two hammerheads and I kill two hammerheads because I roll hot then they've got no nothing to kill it with so then I've got two harpies running around just murdering stuff so actually what you're doing is you're giving yourself as you mentioned the first shot you're going to get to shoot it and if you can kill the only things that can deal with that problem that's actually a buff in a sense
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I might be speaking like a complete lunatic here but and it's just right.
0: bombers though being nerfed by the list, right? So yeah, I think that's right. I think, but gunships themselves, as long as they're pointed efficiently, and that's it. Yeah. Isn't it? It's what can you put in your army that's going to come down and is a pointed in a way that can efficiently True. overkill for what yeah. it's worth. And there are certain yeah. units which are good at that. Um, yeah. I don't think you drop down, for example, an admec um shooting a stratoraptor i don't know how many points they are now let's say like 180 very unlikely they're going to do 180 points of damage and then they've got Mm. to try and survive um but there are a lot of especially marine units out there which can just drop down or especially those melter style units um, who's who are priced accordingly because they their range isn't great and they Mm -hmm. don't move that far um, um, and that's their weakness. Well, now they don't have that weakness. So yeah, they, they don't have a
1: weakness. They really strong and efficient. But the points are still the same. Yeah, exactly. Do you, def- do you do you yeah. think it hurts units that do pay for deep strike? Well, I mean... Do you it's think that, it hurts uh, army, armies or units that are pointed to represent the fact they yeah. can deep strike? Because yeah, now anything anything can do it. Yeah, they haven't lost... The... And it doesn't feel like they've smoothed out points accordingly, right? Yeah, exactly. This they is the one caveat it. with GSC, right? Obviously, we think GSC are going to be good, but they do spend points for their ability to actually use reserves, and now anyone can do it. And also, GSC really don't like getting caught out by things coming in on <laughs> reserves and getting a good angle right, on yeah. them. So there's a very real chance armies playing GSC now just wait and do the same thing back yeah, right. um, and just pick those little bodies up. So I'll be very interested to see how that game goes. Depends Another... Also, oh, sorry, after you, Chris. I was going to say, it depends also on how...
0: Useful the fact that you're only coming in from a board edges compared to deep striking down anywhere because obviously mm-hmm. that's a huge thing, isn't it? Um, being able to just come down in the middle of the board, enemies deployment, yep. etc., rather yeah, than being yeah. up to the edges. Um, and it might well be that actually it's not as potent because of terrain layouts and mm-hmm. where you can position yourself and your army. Turn two and three. I haven't studied the maps and the no. the UKTC layouts to see where those weak points are there's certainly going to be one or two
1: issues um, they issues may, they may need to adapt UKTC terrain may need to adapt um, it, it's been shaped very heavily in an era in which one of the main things they were trying to avoid was allowing melee staging to just be too easy wow. and the risk is if if it's a shooting reserves delivery meta that shooting just becomes too easy um, but I guess we'll see
2: so what you're saying Tom is now that everyone can do what you do it needs to adapt
1: I don't want to do it anymore yeah interesting Interesting point well no no, but that i think that i just think the gsc game which i've been playing of late i can just see now how powerful free reserves will be for so many different armies right i can just see how a sort of staggered one two three punch game can be you know it can be really really oppressive, and anyone can access that now Mm. so you really need to be thinking in that sense if you're putting your whole army on the board and your board and just waddling forwards you are not doing this right. <laughs> you, are not, you are not accessing the tools you've just been handed. Um, and, you, and you need to think about how you're going to do that. One, one flip side to this is that armies who can rapidly expand and fill the board do have a potential in here. Right, so two your your don't your, your hordes exactly orcs, tyranids, to a lesser extent drakarian harlequins because they've got lots of cheap little units they can put in a sort of, sort of fan out and cover the angles. Dark if you, angels for everyone, exactly raven wing. So if you if you sort of you know essentially just rush someone um, and completely close up the space that they can drop into and get that one two turn before their clever plan comes into action, then you too are a powerful force. Um, and that's more of a sort of rush alpha strike than a you know hammer blows from reserves. But that that's going to be an interesting force in this as well. I think.
2: Have you seen that amazing picture? Um, oh, it was a guy. It was from like sixth or fifth edition or something like that. Uh, they it's talk about it on some podcast. Say again.
0: Is this the crew yeah. thing and the yeah. yeah? Yeah. So
2: this guy who plays crew lined. So back in those days, you could bring your entire army on in the, in the, in the or deployment zone. So mm-hmm. people were taking white scars, You brought your army on and killed everything. It was like a really tough build. So this guy just forward deployed all his crew in this guy's deployment zone, so his bikes couldn't come on for the entire game.
1: Yep. So That's like, it. you it know,
2: take a leaf out that guy's book and yeah, uh, cover exactly the entire that. sides of the board in models so that no one can yeah. come in and bother you. Okay. Okay. It's, it was a really very, it's a very, it's a very okay. valid
1: response, right? And so I think I think there's going to be armies that can play that game too. Uh, Necron's presumably still can. I don't know. I don't know how. Exactly what the Necron game plan is going to look like now. Although mm-hmm. again they've got they've got good deep strike reserves delivery with various different things and so it's yeah, it's interesting. There's gonna be a lot of stuff going on.
2: Yeah, excited to see what James Marsden cooks up for Necron.
1: Oh yes. Well he was talking about Annihilation Legion, which I'm strongly in favour for, but we're gonna pick his brains for state of play actually, speaking of self-promotion. Self promotion is happening, brace yourselves. We yep. will have a state of play with James Marsden, who is as good a Necron player as there is um, and that will be recorded in the next couple of weeks. Really excited to chat to him uh, without having to play a game against him. That's going to be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to wildly speculate on the sorts of armies that will define the meta? I mean, I think I think we know we the sorts him. of things. Yeah, we've covered it. with Iron, Iron Hands, Reserve Punch, Drop Pods, Tanks, cheap spamming of vehicles that are very efficient. Um, We know that walls of Terminators and walls of land speeders are being looked at in the Dark Angels sense of things. We know know Harlequins are still a transport obsec kind of build. We know GSC are coming with lots of reserves um, dropping down and shooting things. Eldar with fire invading stuff. Yep, and Falcons and big punch out of reserves if they want it as well. There's all sorts there as well. So it's, yeah, shooting meta. Guard with tanks and Kazakin teleporting and Lots of bodies to screen and they 're shutting off um, deep striking aura, which is massive for them to have mm. can be a whole bunch of stuff I think it's gonna it's exciting, right? it's it 's going to get wild it is exciting it 's terrifying, but it 's exciting it 's going to get wild out there i 'm um, hoping i 'll see some little glimpses of what people are trying to do. Um, at Tabletop Republic on Saturday. But I don't I don't think a 1K event will, will really convey no. what's what's going on. How brutal it's going to be. <laughs> how brutal it is going to be. It's teams, sadly, is where we're going to discover firsthand exactly how brutal it is. Yeah, it literally is. is, yeah. Does Jamie East have a drop pod, by the way? I, need, I could give him a drop pod if he wants one. No, <laughs> he not I, I just say, looked
2: I, on eBay how much they are. Yeah,
1: They're so I, cheap. I've got a drop pod and I don't want it. So yeah, I'll get rid of it. Um, nice. No. Great. Well, that that takes us to pretty much bang on an hour, which is excellent. And so we wanted to just reiterate how much it means to us that people were saying hello and getting in touch um, at the event. And we hope you'll keep doing that. Please do. It means a lot to us. And obviously, I think it's really nice to know that it's something people enjoy. Um, We we want to try and add to the show by having a bit of sort of listener mail, comments, feedback, reviews type stuff as well. So if you have any feedback or um questions you'd like to ask us or comments about the show you can send them to facebook facebook or to instagram or to the email address that's going to be in the description on the youtube link as well um please do and we will do our best to reply to every single one um can't promise there'll be serious replies but you will get replies depends which of us gets to it i guess as to to the sort of tone we'll just even Um, comment on this video yeah comment on the video as well again yeah we any and all feedback is welcome. We want to make this better, but we also would love to answer any questions about the game or your own armies or your own projects that you have as well. Um, and we're, we've got a Discord as well. There's a Six Plus Plus Gaming Discord, um, and again, we'll have links to that. And we're trying to get that going with work in progress, photos and memes and uh, event chat, competitive chat as well. So if you want to join our little little mini community. Uh, I promise it's a nice bunch. It's not like us in TGI Fridays on a Saturday night. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's much nicer in there. Yeah,
2: and we're all on Instagram. If you want to hear from more from us, more often, all the time. Like if you're like, oh, once a week is just not enough. Not enough. Absolute garbage that we speak. And I'm only joking. <laughs> we do we garbage. But, <laughs> um, but you know, if you want to hear more from us, yeah, even more. And see if you want to see all the memes that I
1: post on my Instagram.
0: If follow you see us those tomorrow, tyrannid memes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, a little, I, little I, bit yeah, of everything, all
1: the time. Go on, get on Instagram, find us. We're on, on. Me and Chris are on Twitter as well. Um, not like massively, but a bit. We'll get on it more if, if something interesting is happening. Um, so yeah, please, please do come find us on all that stuff, and and let us know what you think, and and send questions and comments our way. Great. All right. Well, we will sign off, and we will be back again soon. Bye bye. Cheers, guys. Bye.